Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This is episode number 248, and we're going to be sitting down talking with uh, runner, father, uh, traveling salesman, which will come into play in a bit, uh, and just all around awesome guy, Magnus Brisman. Uh, Magnus lives in Sweden, and one day as he was traveling, selling, traveling and, se- and selling, <laughs> he drove by uh, one of the national parks. And I mean, he's driven by a bunch of the national parks out there. There are 30 of them. And he decided that he wanted to set this big, lofty, ambitious goal for himself where he wanted to travel to each one of them and run a half marathon uh, before his 50th birthday. Um, and you know, one of the things that I really have enjoyed from doing this podcast is I, I really like to listen to stories of people following their own paths and finding something that they're incredibly passionate about pursuing and then going out and pursuing it going out and getting it done um magnus definitely kind of falls into that category and for me it's like it's empowering to listen to stories from other people doing this because i'm like whoa if they can do it maybe i can follow my own lofty ambitious goal and maybe i can put the work in and go through the process to actually get this done. Um, And I just think hearing those stories and seeing what other people are capable of can also open your eyes to what you are capable of, which is really, really cool. Um, I had a a really fun time talking to Magnus. Um, You know, Sweden is one of those countries where I'm like, dude, I mean, well, at this point, I have the travel bug so bad that you know, any country, if, if any country was like, Hey, can you come here? I'd be like, yeah, one, I'll be there as quickly as possible. Um, but Sweden looks amazing. As I was talking to Magnus, I'm sitting here Googling all these national parks that he's mentioning and it just looks absolutely beautiful. Um, so hopefully someday I get to visit his beautiful country. Um, but also to see it the way he did, um, is really, really cool. And I want to thank, uh, Bill Psycholic for connecting Magnus and I, Bill, uh, is doing the running the national parks project here in the United States. Uh, he's a friend of mine. We'll go running every so often. Uh, you know, he was like, dude, I have this friend Magnus. He's really cool. He's doing a half marathon, all the uh, national parks in Sweden and, and yeah. So anyways, thanks, man. Thanks for kind of connecting us. Um, but yeah. All right guys. Well, Hey, uh, one other thing real quick. I mentioned last week that I was going to tell you what this project I'm working on. It is to me, it's probably the loftiest, most ambitious project I've worked on. Um, since probably starting this podcast where, you know, I went from having all of this, uh, self doubt about starting a podcast to just doing it and like putting the, the wheels in motion. Um, and I told you, I would tell you about it, uh, this week, I'm going to tell you what the project is. And in a couple weeks on episode 250, we're going to do a whole entire, uh, episode with it. So basically, um, my friend Paul Shearing, who I met at the Deseret Stage Race, um, who is uh, a filmmaker. He's worked in Hollywood for a, uh, over 20 years at this point. Um, and he had interest in making an adventure documentary. Uh, and so this year, Paul and I, um, another guy, James, and my friend Chris are going to go out to the Deseret stage race. We are going to capture it in documentary format. Um, we're not running it this time, so it is not going to be focused on us and our stories. It's going to be focused on the racers, um, who are competing this year. Uh, 
I think this year, I mean, we'll talk about this in a couple weeks for episode 250. Um, so I don't want to get into it too much now, but I just think this year there's, it's going to be so powerful to witness this event. Um, after the, the year of 2020, the lockdowns and, you know, everything getting canceled and everyone kind of being isolated. Now we're going to go observe this really communal community based event. Um, and I think there's just a lot of, it's, it's just going to be kind of eye opening of, Hey, like this is a, a powerful experience. Um, along with the suffering that's involved with, with something like desert rats running six days through the desert in upwards of a hundred plus heat where you're out there the whole entire time, uh, for that six days, you don't get air conditioning in six days. Um, but the suffering and what you learn through the suffering, I think is more important, but also like watching the people learn those lessons, like seeing visually what they went through to learn lessons along the way is something I'm really excited for. I'm kind of, you know, when I picture the film project, I'm picturing it like a visual representation of the podcast here where instead of just hearing the stories, you're, you're seeing the stories happen and they unfold and you're watching the adventure and you're watching the moments that teach the lessons. Um, and then you get to understand, uh, this person's perspective by the end. Um, so that's kind of what we're going for there. Um, you guys will be able to help support, uh, which we'll get into in episode 250. So I'm not going to get into it much right now, but in a couple weeks, I'll tell you guys how you can support the film, how you can be involved, things like that. It's going to be a blast way outside my comfort zone. Uh, I've been working on it for about 10 months now, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's going to be sweet. So, uh, but let's get into it. This is episode number 248 with the awesome, I, I wanted to say magnificent Magnus, but I is that too much alliteration? Let's go with it. With the magnificent Magnus Brisman. All right. Uh, I am very excited this week. We are bringing on Magnus Brisman to the show. Um, Magnus is in the almost at the end, right, of running all of uh, uh, running a half marathon in all of the national parks in Sweden. So coming to us all the way across the ocean right now, we had to figure out time zone math. Uh, welcome, Magnus. Hey, thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you for having me. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I definitely I want to just dive in and hear about this project that you've been working on. Um, all that a half marathon in every national park um based off of the like very little research i did i have to say sweden they were the first country in europe to uh have national parks so congrats thank you very much yeah 110 years ago i think we had the first park yeah yeah do you know did did you try to like learn any of that history or like what brought that about yeah, I, um, a couple of years ago, uh, I got this beautiful big book from my mom as a Christmas present about all our national parks. And since I'm a traveling salesman in, in all Scandinavia, but mostly Sweden, I've seen those signs, you know, national park, national park. And it all, you know, came together when I read the book a couple of years ago. And, and I said to my wife, I think I'm going to visit all the parks and run in them. And my wife, she just said, just go ahead and do it. And I said, ah, I want to create something about it. And she was just, just do it. <laughs> so that, that's how the idea came, came, came through. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, you know, just mentioning traveling through all of Scandinavia, um, as someone who has never been but i've always wanted to travel there what is it about scandinavia like that place just looks like a special place just all of it like what is it about it that's that really draws people to it i mean even 
if we're only 25 million living in Scandinavia, it's for you guys to come here for a week or two, you can see so much. Yeah. In, in Denmark, for instance, I think you have the highest mountain of 100 meters. So it's all flat, you know, like the Netherlands. And then you would go up to Norway with the, the highest mountains in Scandinavia, 3,000. And the, the fjords, as you probably have seen, the beautiful yeah. fjords. And then in the middle where you have Sweden with the, um, in between Norway and Sweden, you have the polar circle going as well. So yeah. if you look at the polar circle, you have to go pretty high where you live. But for us, it's, it's reachable. So six of our parks is above the polar circle, actually. Wow. And, 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 it, isn't, and it isn't Alaska. It's, it's pretty much you can drive there. Really? So uh, yeah. And so to say in, in a quite small area, from your point of view, you can see pretty much everything from the beaches, with the white sands to the fjords where the steep mountains and the actually the uh, the more like alpine uh, environments yeah so you get to see everything wow so that leads me to just wonder from your perspective like what's your favorite kind of environment there that you guys have do you have one or are you just you know like i like them i like all sorts of different environments but yeah i thought about that it could be that you get the, the environment where you live in. You, you, of course, you live where you live because you like it, but yeah. that's not so special for you. But if you were to divide Sweden into northern part, middle and south, I would say the scenery between south and north are, are such a big difference. Yeah. So if you were to live in Sweden, to go from the north to the south, or the other way around, you will get the biggest uh, impact of seeing a national park. Yeah. But I would say I'm, I'm, I'm living on the East Coast, but I'm from the West Coast. And I pretty much like it when, when I run on, on the trails where you can see the sea and where you can see the sunset in the sea out from the forest. That's, I think that's pretty much my, my terrain. Yeah, man. Well, that sounds, I mean, that sounds just magical, you know, watching the sunset over the sea. Yeah, it's, it is beautiful. And, and from, from what I've seen now from my park run, uh, I've seen that because when I first thought, that, okay, let's do this. Let's do this 30 parks. Let's do them before I turn 50 and let's, let's do them. I kind of, you know, looked at them as appointments seeing customers you know 30 customers not a problem go there by car do the half marathon i it became something else a much bigger journey much more difficult and then we had the covid and all the cancelled tours with the boats to the islands five of our national parks is actually on islands so there were no no traffic so i had to rent my own fishing boat oh my goodness (laughs) that's wild well so you know we have a mutual friend uh bill national park bill who's who's ran a marathon in almost all of them here in the united states uh except a couple in alaska and some of the new ones on and i remember when i talked to him he mentioned in voyagers national park in minnesota they had to drop him off on an island and I've been there. So I know it's just, it's literally, they would drop you off in the middle of the woods and then come yeah. back later on the boat to pick you up. Is that kind of a similar experience? Like when they're dropping you off on an island? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, but, but I would say in my, in my experience, they left me, but uh, they were, you know, close by. Yeah. You know, Either they went for a fishing tour themselves or, you know, they stuck around to wait for me. So uh, speaking of when they leave you, I did, if you check out the, some of the northern uh, parks that I did, I, I saw that we had three parks very close to each other. 
So I said, right, I can do three parks in three days. <laughs> so I went there and I did the first one because there were, was a hotel where you could stay. And then I went to the information station and I said, okay, I need to get to those two. And they said, okay, you need a couple of days to walk there. And I said, um, okay, I, don't, I don't have those days. Is there a way to get there? Yeah, there's one way. You can rent a helicopter. Did you do <laughs> so it? I, yeah, I did do it. And the thing was that those two parks were very close to each other. And the helicopters are not allowed to land in the parks. So they had to drop me off outside. So I said, okay, let's do two half marathons on the same day, like a marathon yeah. in, in this terrain. So they dropped me off. But before they had to say, we're only going to wait 10 minutes for you. So when do you want to pick up? I said, okay. I took some hours extra and I said, okay, pick me up seven o'clock. Yeah. Okay. So long, long story short, I came back 10 to seven. I was cold, freezing. I have done a marathon <laughs> in two parks, half marathon in two parks. I was sitting there, five minutes passed, 10 minutes passed. And you start to think, did I say six o'clock? <laughs> have, have they been here? Have I missed it? And then quarter past, I hear, oh, they're coming. They're coming to the rescue. <laughs> wow, man. Well, that <laughs> takes some guts. Like, first of all, I have to say, you go up to a fishing boat and you ask them to take you to some islands so you can go run a half marathon. What is their reaction to that? Are they confused or, or what? Yeah, yeah, they are. And <laughs> I, I, because you know, as I had to try and plan it, I had to call these phone calls before, and it's I don't know what you have in in US, but everyone was thinking this is a crank call or something. I was like, hello, uh, I hear you, the only of the boat. I was thinking, can I rent it for a day? It's like, yeah, when do you want it? In May? No, I want it in February. <laughs> yeah, well, we have some. Eyes, <laughs> are you serious? Yes, I am serious. Can I? You so, left out the February detail earlier in the story. That just no. changes my whole picture of what was going on. That's wild. Yeah, so, so I, I actually tried to put it together, uh, but uh, also the the temperature difference, differences between my runs. Okay, this is Celsius then, but the warmest one was in 30 degrees celsius and the coldest one in 32 minus really i think you've seen some pictures that was that was close to that's, yeah man well so what park was that in and, and by the way i'm gonna say this right off the bat i'm not gonna try to pronounce any park name on this because i know i'm gonna butcher it so you feel free to take all those on <laughs> No, the coldest one was the Bailey Kaiser, which is a, a it's like a the the natives in in Scandinavia, in Sapmi country. Uh, they call it Bailey Kaiser, and uh, that's well, that's the only name, and it's really hard to pronounce. Yeah, where uh, like what kind of section is that? Is that north? Is that west? Where is that at? That's that's north, but it's okay. south of the polar circle. Okay. So. <laughs> When I went there with my friend, he said to me, Magnus, it looks like it's going to be between 15 and 20 below zero. <laughs> and I said, let's hope for 15 and not 20. And it was minus 30. So it's, uh, he, took, he made a small film on my Instagram. You, you can see it's all frozen. I couldn't get my cap off. It was... That's amazing, man. Well, I have to, first of all, I have to say that's a good friend that would go out there and do that with you. Yeah, he was a bit nervous, I tell you, because we went out on scooters and uh, the guy we rented the scooters from said, you have to check the ignition because the, the battery won't work. So you have to uh, pull the start. And he said, I did that twice just <laughs> to check because if we wouldn't have gotten out there, we would have frozen to death. That's so crazy, man. Well, so it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like this whole project, which by the way, I guess let's get into this. When did you start this? Like what, 
you know, how long ago? That was August nineteen. Uh, okay. And the aim was to do that before my fiftieth birthday. Yeah, yeah. Which was the other day, but when I started, I had a good streak. You know, in in August, September, October, said to my wife. I think I can do this in one year. You know, that would be really cool to do it in one year. And then, you know, I started to realize some of these parks are really remote. Yeah. And then COVID came and um, we had some travel bans and restrictions. We couldn't go further. So last summer I was, you know, thinking, I wonder if I will make it. And then I did an extra push and, I was actually, you know, almost there until we got tested positive for COVID-19 two days before my 50th birthday. And you were out, you had the trip planned. You had what, two national parks left? No, one. One left. Whoa. Oh, man. Well, you know, you'll still, you'll get it as soon as possible, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. I'm I'm definitely sure. And and I saved an easy one (laughs) to the last. (laughs) You're not going in in negative... Negative no. 30 up with polar bears no. and things like that. <laughs> Nothing like that. <laughs> um, man, that's, yeah. Well, there's so much in, in that. Were you, was it frustrating at all? I mean, obviously COVID was frustrating and difficult and, you know, exhausting for so many, so many people. But in this sense for this goal, was that frustrating or was it just kind of one of those things you're like, I have to accept? the reality here i think it was an acceptance of the reality yeah but when i try to summarize it all i have one more park to go but uh, we started this before covid and covid came and for me personally it's it's been like a big task to try to do during covid and you know, it's like the irony that I get COVID before the last park and it just, you know, postponed the, the last park. But to be able to have this um, challenge, personal challenge through COVID, I think it's, uh, it's been good for me. I mean, it's, uh, if I were to recommend, which I will, I think of a good Christmas present to write a book, I would recommend if someone wants to do it, maybe not to run in all the parks because some of them might look like your normal environment, but go see 10, 15 parks and you can really recommend some, some really good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so true. Like having a personal challenge, even in normal times for me, like it keeps me mentally sane. I feel like because it's gives me a purpose that's like outside of normal routine, you know, like I get to actually be like, okay, I'm training for this bigger thing for me. Um, but then you add COVID and the lockdowns and the kind of like repetition of day after day doing the same thing. Like for me, like having a project to work on was so important just for like mental health. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing with mental health, uh, during and after COVID that yeah. we need to, I mean, no one has to do the 30 parks. You can, I can do it. But if, if that ends up with people doing five or 10, yeah. seeing the best ones. So that's, that's great because put on some challenges for yourselves. I mean, you, you don't have to be as, as you. And I'm trying to be like an ultra or going all the way, but just try to, push yourself a little bit more yeah make some challenges that's a bit harder for yourself and it's it's good for you yeah it is and when you're creating it um it's special just to you because you're like i've created this challenge just for me it has meaning to me and and that's why i always encourage people like just create your own whatever your thing is that you want to do like like you said maybe it's go to five of them in different environments you've never seen. Like that's huge. Yeah. And also when I, I, I got in contact with Bill, just yeah. doing the, the full marathon. And, and that was also one thing with 
with my challenge. Uh, someone said, why a half marathon? I said, you, you know, a half marathon is it, in my running community. People know the distance, but it also is a distance where, where you can go and also be working because I was out traveling and doing work and I could do two and a half hours of running in the afternoon or early in the morning. So it's, it didn't have to be a project where I step aside from my working time because I could combine it all. And I think that's the important thing because some people, they say, okay, I will take three months off to do this. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you put some pressure on yourself to, okay, now I've taken three months off work. Now I really have to do the best of it. So whatever obstacles come in your way might, you know, put you down uh, during those three months because those are so important. So I'd rather do one thing a week, a weekly thing as you do, or a monthly thing, or those goals that keeps you going throughout good times, hard times. Yeah. And you, you know, you're, we've talked earlier, you're a family man, like you have other responsibilities outside of this. So you're able to kind of like, yeah, balance all that. Yeah. Because you, you want to keep the balance as well. Yeah. I mean, I I can be faster. I can be quicker. I can run longer, but I mean, something else has to go. Yes. Which for me is sleep. Like that's, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh man, if I really want to do this, it looks like I'm not going to sleep as much, which sucks. Um, man, I want to, so can you kind of take us back? Like, obviously you're in great shape now, you're a runner, you talked about your running community. Um, what, when you were growing up, is this like, how did you start on this journey? Like, what was that like? Were you an out, were you an outdoors person? Were you a runner? Were you an athlete? No, I wasn't. I, I, can, I guess I, I, I grew up with my mom and dad and my, my younger brother, who sadly passed away when I was young. And then we, we, we did golf, you know, as a family. I played golf with my parents. And in school, I didn't like, you know, uh, attend a gym class or... And I did my military service, and I knew I could could do it, but it took a long time. We lived in Spain for a couple of years, me and my wife. And when I moved back home, one of my friends told me, hey, Magnus, it looks like you've been living a good life down in Spain. <laughs> I think you need to lose some. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, what are you saying? So, you so were living was, a comfortable life down there in Spain. <laughs> yeah. I came home, I was in your age when I came home and I said, okay, let's, let's, you know, take this 30K terrain in, in September. So I trained for that and uh, I got an email afterwards saying, do you want to go further? It's a 50K ultra. I was like, hmm, what's that? I did that, did that two years in a row and uh, ultra is still small here in in Scandinavia we do have it but it's still you know it's still if someone in the ultra community is listening to this this is still so odd to do the ultra it's so far away and if if I were to do more ultras as I said to you that I'd like to do I want to show people just that normal guys like me can do ultras we can run five hours 10 15 hours yeah Yeah, so it's uh, so now I would say the last 10, 15 years out of, you know, trying to keep in shape and, you know, not, not have to pay for a new wardrobe every yeah. <laughs> second year. Well, and, you know, what, what kind of, like, why are you drawn to this? Like, what made you passionate about it? Um, what, what are aspects of running that you've fallen in love with almost? I would say it's it's so easy and it's so personal, yeah. and uh, and I know if people who doesn't run love to joke about it, our times and everything. But what they don't get is that you you make your own times, you check your own times, and you competing to yourself. Of course, you you do races, but I mean the challenge is. 
towards yourself and yeah. your own goals and let's see if I can do this. So it's, it's, it's so personal, but if you're not a runner, you, you attempt to think the opposite. Yeah. Hey, I just want to brag with this and that. And it's just, you know, it's, and it's an easy way. And for me, as uh, who travel a lot, uh, I always bring my shoes and there's all, you meet people and you go out and it's such, it's running is, I would say one of the best things you can do to keep in shape. And yeah. that is walking if you injured or yeah. elderly, whatever, but you can start walking and then you can run. I mean, yeah. my dad is 80 and he's, he asked me the other day, I need to ask you for some advice. And I said, yeah, cool dad. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I have to say like just moving your body through nature, like under your own power, there's something special about that and something that connects you to the environment that you're moving yeah. through. Yeah. And, and without being too deep, you can, when you come out as in a national park where someone have said, okay, we need to preserve this. And you come out there running, you can actually feel like, oh, I, I get it. Yeah. I get it why they saved this for for exploitation or whatever it's you can feel it and it's uh, it's a good feeling whatever you're running or walking there it's just the feeling of being out break some sweat oh yeah oh man it's when i love that you said it's so personal because i think some people imagine a runner and they're imagining like Usain Bolt, like someone sprinting or like someone in the New York, winning the New York marathon, you know, and I've had moments where I've ran a faster 5k. And then I've had moments where I've walked 20 miles of a 40 mile run. And I'm like, still counts, still counts as running. I'm counting it. Like you're traveling human powered. Like it's, it's all these different aspects of the sport, they are different, but at the end of the day, a runner is a runner and you know, you can yeah, define yourself that way. The times we're living in, in is, it's hard to define, but if, if I were to say, if, if, you, if you were able to inspire people and say a few things, I would say if, if you were in the same time as you would lower the thresholds yeah. for some people, you also want to push the limits for others if it's, it's two dimensional, but I said some, some people just need to get out yeah. and some people need to push themselves further along. Yeah. So my two running buddies, Baron Joachim, I sold them the other day. There's a 70 K run in within a couple of months. Let's do this. And they were like, yeah, we have to train first. Yeah. Or we just go there and we run it. <laughs> And then we have to train to do a better time for next year. It's, it's how you do it. It's, yeah. You can't always be prepared. You have to yeah. also just go ahead and do it. Oh, man, I that love was that. Also- yeah, <laughs> I love that because you're speaking to me right now. I'm coming off an injury and uh, my friends have a big, long run through, uh, through the Grand Canyon planned. And I'm, in my mind, I'm like, I'm cool just doing half of it, right? But now that you say that, I'm like, oh, you might be right. I might have to just go in completely unprepared and see how it goes. Yeah. Then you have a time for next year to beat. I mean, your own time for next year. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. No, that's awesome, man. Well, so speaking of running buddies, like, are you a person who goes out in groups, like group runs, or are you mostly by yourself or what's that like? No, I... Most of the time, I run for myself because, as you, as a family man, oops, in 15 minutes, I have 45 minutes. I could just go straight up and run. Yeah. But I have some friends, as I said, that, that I actually can run with pretty fast. You know, I said, let's go tomorrow morning. Yeah, sure, we're on. So nice. um, That's awesome. But not in big groups. And I think that would be, you know, um, a thing to do later on if, if they were to, you know, help people to get out, you know, Yeah. run with them to, to run or walk with them, the five ten case, whatever they need to, just to get out. If, speaking about lower the thresholds, I will, yeah. I will 
easily run in groups if yeah that's awesome well so you talked about the trail running i want to hear like you said it's super it's kind of still really small i mean i feel like it's still small in the united states uh obviously getting bigger but uh you said it's small in sweden what's the trail running community like are you guys like i the thing i love i used to run in virginia on the east coast and i felt like especially there it was just this small group at the end of the run everyone would just be hanging out eating food drinking a beer and just watching everyone finish and i don't know it's just a really good community feeling is that what it's like over in sweden yeah uh, <clears throat> actually i've only done two or three of the ultras and now yeah. once i've done my last park I'll, i will try and do some more and actually maybe try to to um uh do my own races and invite people to because what i think it is is like if you if you do a marathon for instance i think it's the same all over the world <clears throat> there's a lot of people coming to the marathon yeah because there's a thing you should do a marathon whether you're working buddies so whatever if someone were to add an extra three or eight kilometers to say 50k ultra yeah. That scares away, I think, 80% <laughs> of the people, which in my, in my case was the other way. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do yeah. that. But it's, you can argue about this, but if you run a marathon, you think for yourself sometimes, like, what are these guys doing here? You know, because probably they've been you know, signed up for work, whatever. So there was a way to to spill over some of the marathon people into the ultra community. Because I, I have the same experience as you. Once the ultra runners are together, because it's like 80 of us in a run, it's a good fun and everyone's very friendly and along yeah. the run, how are you? Helpful and, and it's, it's yeah. a good community. Because well, yeah. You just, you just mentioned the idea of like, there's only if you add that five or, or whatever eight kilometers now not as many people sign up but you got to think like the people that do sign up they there's those are the people you want to hang with you know those are the people that you're like oh yeah they're crazy like i am like they got they got something something up and they want to get this done just like me <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but i think there's there's quite a few of them in the marathon group as well who thinks yeah. like ultras oh maybe not for me but uh... Uh, let's see let's yeah. let's blend it blend it together in a couple of years <laughs> yeah well and i think it'll be interesting like just based off your national park experience you know like you're i don't know taking a helicopter out to a national park like to go for a run that sounds pretty extreme i think you're going to be able to handle you know some ultra trail races you know what i mean <laughs> need to say though that they were because it's over a lake to get to those parks, not into, but very close. And the guy told me that this is probably the cheapest helicopter ride you can take in the world. For so a drop of 10 minutes with a helicopter, it's approximately 40 US dollars. So it's, it wasn't that expensive, but yeah. still. That's cool though. I have to think like this is an adventure of a lifetime for you. Um, is there any like, is there any park that really stood out? You mentioned the coldest one. You mentioned the ones that were really difficult to get to. Is there any that really just stood out as like an amazing day or, or extra hard for whatever reason or something like that? No, I, I to stand out. Yeah, I would say it, to be fair, to, to push this, I have visited some of the parks mm -hmm. in in weather conditions where you might, I mean, if it would, they would be closed for public. <laughs> but I was there, so to be to be honest, I would say the best is called Abisku, and it's up north above the polar circle, uh, very close to Norway. You can check it out. And Ooh, I'm also, looking at it right now. <laughs> uh, I went there after work, three hours in car, to just to get there. And it was late August or September, I think. 
and the weather was perfect. And the only thing that I had was that sunset was seven o'clock, was was pitch dark. So when I ran, I ran on something called uh, uh, Kungsledan, which is the King Street, which is 450 kilometers of running. Beautiful. Wow. Uh, Emily Fosbury, she did that in eight days, by the way. Wow. But I went, you know, 10, 12K, and I stopped and said, if it wasn't for the sunset, I would be going for a couple of more hours. That was an amazing run. Just because of it was... The views, the scenery, the weather, it, it all came... It looks amazing. I just looked it up on online and man, it looks incredible. Can you talk? I I mean, as someone who aspires to go above the Arctic circle at some point in life, like, can you just talk like, what is that environment like? I mean, I just, it's just seems so out there um, that it would be quite special. Yeah. I I would say you probably have, more or less the scenery in in Northern America, but it's, you know, it's hours and hours of long drives and and the mountains and also this, the big lakes, big deep lakes. And it's, uh, you can actually feel like this is, this is the wild side of, of, of everything because you, you're so far away. Yeah. But still it's it's so comfortable and so quiet and peaceful to be there. So for the people who I know lives there, is they have, you know, midnight sun from from June to way in, in August. They have the mid August, they have the midnight sun. Wow. So they have daylight around the clock. Yeah. And then of course they have some month where it's dark around the air as well. Yeah, yeah. But it's, um, I think it's a good place to live, but you have to be prepared of the best and the worst of the weathers. But, yeah, wow. Are, are your kids joining you on any of these? Like, are they, are they a part of this? Like, what do they think? What does your family think about dad running half marathons and all these? I would say, I mean, your kids are younger than mine, but my <laughs> idea was, you know, I had this, running the last couple of years my my dream was like oh i see myself running with my kids next to me my kids run and my daughter's is turning 17 now she will run my last half marathon because that's the her first half marathon no way oh that would be awesome she don't want to run with me though (laughs) but i said to my friend you know this dream i had of me running with my kids and my friend said listen your kids run. You have to settle with that. It's just they're runners, but they don't want to run with their dad. Okay, I get it. Are they running faster or slower than you? She's faster than me. She doesn't <laughs> think so. She's faster. Than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's amazing, man. Are they? Uh, were they able to come with you on any of the trips, like to the parks? Or I mean, you mentioned that you're traveling for your job, so so no. maybe not. No. Unfortunately, they have been. Uh, on none of the parks but they were supposed to be on the last one and hopefully they will be on the last one but also as i said to you i'll bring them back at the right time to the right places yeah yeah. so so they get to see the right parks well and even knowing yeah well and and then knowing that dad went out and did this set a goal for himself battled the obstacles, got through it. Like, I think that's huge in any kid's development. Like, it's good for them to see their parents do that. I hope they think so. Yeah, thank you. I think they will. <laughs> I don't think I'm crazy, you know, like everyone else. You're in the middle of teenage, teenage years, you know? Like, when they're in their 20s, they'll be like, that was cool when dad did that. Yeah. Hopefully. hopefully that's the yeah. hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and speaking of... Speaking of that, uh, you mentioned the the distance when I did a decided to do a half marathon in the parks. I did no research, yeah. Because when I, as you, probably everyone else, thought national parks, I thought you know big parks, you know endless forest to run in. Because some of these places has been so small, 
especially yeah. the islands. So I went out with one fisherman. He said, so how far did you say you were going to run? Uh, 21 kilometers. Ooh, that's going to be many laps. <laughs> so you, you come out to the parks and say, okay, here's, here's a trail of 3.6 kilometers. Okay, yeah, it's going to be a lot of laps. <laughs> so, I mean, I would say put on whatever challenge you want. If you want to go see the parks, just do a 5K or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. No, I love that. Challenges. Yeah, well, and the whole idea of, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people who have done various challenges. Some of them have been really well researched, some of them not. But I just remember my friend mentioning to me, that sometimes when you're setting a goal, you can, I think he called it paralysis by analysis. So if you're like trying to analyze every little bit, like maybe if you would have known that there was only a 3.6 kilometer trail, maybe you would have been like, oh, I'm not going to do a half marathon now. You know what I mean? And, but I think it was cool that you're just like, no, I'm doing a half marathon no matter what. And then all of a sudden there's a 3.6 kilometer trail and you're like, looks like we're going back and forth for a while. Like, I think that's, I think that's really cool. I think that's, uh, that actually makes the no research part actually pay off in my, in my eyes. Yeah. I can't remember which of your previous podcasts it was where I listened to you and someone else saying that you, you can't just plan forever. Yeah. As I said, you, you need to just do it as well. I mean, do it. And then you can think afterwards that might have done this another way, whatever, but you did yeah. it. Yeah, you did it. And that's, that's the best part. When, uh, when do you have it planned? Like, do you have it planned when you're actually going out and getting, getting the last one or, or do you have it kind of like a general idea? It would be good fun to do it next weekend, not yeah. this, but next, because the kids have holiday up until the 12th of April. So, April. well, I mean, it's, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> but this time, this time I need to, I, I want to have my own family with me. So yeah, yeah. I need to plan it again. That'll Easier when you're a one man driving back and forth. But the last one, I want to have my family with me. Yeah. No, they've been, that's... they've been with me all the way, but. I need them physically with me this way. Yes. Oh, yes. That's that's so huge. Well, Magnus, anything else? Like, any any other like lasting words of wisdom? Because I've really enjoyed talking with you. I love this idea. I love this adventure. Um, I want to say, if you ever come to the United States, please let me know. We could we could do. There's like a national park like an hour and a half from me. You know, we could start marking those United States ones off your list too. <laughs> Great. I love to. Uh, I like to, to, to come and run with you and Bill, but unfortunately, it's just, he has just the Alaska ones left. <laughs> you are, actually, he has two. I'll give you an update on Bill's. He has two that have just become national parks um, oh. over the last year um, that he wasn't able to do before. So one's in New Mexico. It's White Sands, New Mexico. And the other one, I believe, is in West Virginia. It's like New River. West Virginia, so okay. or Alaska, dude. I mean, that might be more up your alley, you know, being from up north. Yeah, could be interesting. Could be interesting. Uh, anything you want to like? Any words of wisdom or anything like that that you've, or any like knowledge that you've gained from this project um, that you want to kind of pass on? That would be to to try to find something that you would like to see and during these times maybe not on the other side of the world but yeah. it could be something in your country that you heard about read about seen a sign whatever just just go there and, and and see something because wherever you go and everything new that you see gives you new ideas new perspectives and if you're at the same time moving walking or running it's it it will be beneficial for you 100 percent. yeah that's amazing well where can can people follow your journey do you like post a lot publicly or anything like that yeah i have my um instagram account the trailblazing s w e for sweden 
All right, I'm hope you can down. find it. <laughs> <laughs> Trailblazing. What was it? SWE. Yeah. Awesome. Make you man. see the video of me in the 32 minus. That's the um, very first thing I'm doing as soon as we <laughs> stop this call. I'm for sure doing that. Um, yeah, man. Well, you sound like you're suited for. There's a. There's like a subset of ultra running in the United States now. So ultra running already a small subculture kind of, you know what I mean? Then there's a subset of that called winter ultras in Northern Minnesota, Wisconsin. You got the Iditarod in Alaska, which we're going to do a couple episodes about. So I think you're suited for that, man. You're just well-trained up. (laughs) Yeah. I love to come and run. Yeah. I know exactly the feeling. (laughs) that's awesome well magnus thank you so much for coming on the show today um dude i would love to have you back on and like i said if you're ever out this way please let me know yeah and please if if ever bill is coming over to run a five or 50 or 100 uh, miles here you should try to come along you know that would be amazing man that would blow my mind All right, ladies and gents, that wraps up this week's episode. Magnus, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, He messaged me yesterday and actually said there is a possibility that for his last uh, half marathon, he's going to put together some sort of virtual event. So if you want to support Magnus, if you want to virtually run next to him as he's traversing the beautiful lands of Sweden, um, definitely do that. I'll make sure to share that on our, uh, social media stuff. Um, so thanks for that, Magnus. Make sure you guys, um, check out the national parks in Sweden. Yeah. Like it's cool. You know, you, we, we talk so much, you know, I mean, I guess I do. I'm very focused on the parts of the United States right now, obviously like not having been able to travel outside of the United States, but especially like the national parks here, like I have United States national park books and I take my kids to the parks and we get the little badges and everything. Um, and sometimes like, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I never even thought like, what are the national parks outside of this country? Like, um, and I've even been to a few, but when, when, uh, my friend Bill brought up Magnus's story, I was like, Whoa, like, what would the national parks in Sweden be like? Um, and then it was just a pleasure talking with them because there are 30, 30 national parks and, and they all have their own unique, you know, look unique kind of feeling and environment and all of that. Some of them, apparently you have to take a helicopter to or a boat, which I'm sure in normal times, that's actually not the case, but <laughs> But how cool is that, dude? The dude took like boats and helicopters to get into where he needed to go run. Um, And that's what I love about big lofty goals. I think by setting a giant lofty goal, you actually like find some passion in your life. You know, like you kind of rediscover what you're actually capable of. And it's weird to think about like, why am I rediscovering? Why am I rediscovering this? Like, why can't I just discover what I'm capable of? But you're like, no, dude. Like, I feel like you were born knowing what you're capable of, and then all of a sudden, as you go about your life, you kind of start putting more and more barriers up, right? Like, I don't know whether it's like your ego's getting built or something. I don't know. Like, smarter people than I can talk to you about that stuff, but they always, I always think it's like, you just rediscover your, your capabilities. You rediscover your purpose because you're born with all of that. Like you're like, I watch my kids and this is, I'm going to start talking about my kids now, but I watch my kids and they don't have that fear when starting something new that we do. Um, they don't have those walls put up yet. Uh, for example, my daughter, my oldest daughter has just started hockey and, and really I'm just like, we're just entered, like we're trying to introduce her to as many sports as possible. See which ones she likes, see which ones we want to encourage her. 
Um, we're also going to do this with like the arts and, you know, all of that stuff as well. Like I just want her to find something that she's passionate about. And for me growing up, like it was definitely hockey for sure. Um, and I know I've told this story before, but I grew, you know, in Iowa, hockey wasn't like a huge sport, like a huge deal. Um, and so there's a rink like 30, 40 minutes from my house um, in a different town in Davenport, Iowa. And I would go up there and I would play like my dad secretly introduced me to the Mighty Ducks <laughs> with a secret plan of being like, hey, you know, they're starting a hockey team at in Davenport. And I'm like, what? I'm in. I get to like do this. And then you go to your first practice and you realize like, oh, this is like way hard like incredibly hard because in hockey, if you don't know how to skate, which you don't, when you start off, like everything else is really hard. And I'm watching my daughter right now go out there and try to learn how to skate. And she's seven. And there's already kids who are like out there who have probably been doing this for a few years now. And you know, I'm watching her and she's struggling. Like, you know, it's hard. It's hard work. And, you know, you almost want to put your own like adult emotions on it and be like, oh my God, she probably feels terrible. She's probably so embarrassed. Like, she's probably super self conscious. And then you talk to her after the practice and you're like, how'd it go? She's like, oh, I mean, it was so much fun. And you're like, whoa. You weren't embarrassed. You weren't self-conscious. Like you're a kid. Like you don't, you haven't been thrown in those situations where that's a big deal. Like you're, this is how it should be. You know, when you start something new, you should just go do it in the face of fear, in the face of self-doubt that doesn't even exist because you don't know what that is yet. And I'm just sitting up in the stands and I'm watching her like get up and fall down and then get up and fall down and just keep getting up over and over again. And I was, I'm just so proud of her, um, for just being like gritty and being resilient, but doing it in a way where it doesn't even feel like a big deal that she's gritty or resilient, you know, like as adults, if we're resilient about something, we're going to go shout it to the moon or start a podcast, <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> just thinking of all the times so I'm like, well, and then I was resilient and stuff. But uh, for kids, like they just are like, they just exist as resilient beings. And I think that's so important to like, try to rediscover that. Now, how do you rediscover it? I have no idea. One way though is by, kind of like going out and setting off to do something to accomplish something just like whether that's run a half marathon in every national park or whether that's like oh i'd like to you know start doing yoga so i can touch my toes or you know i want to create a painting of my childhood home or something like if you just go seek to start to start seek to start like it's the world becomes a more magical place i don't know how else to say it like you just go out and you just start doing something that you're passionate about the world just becomes a more magical like lighter place for you to exist in um and you know at the end of the day i'm like dude i would much rather live in that world than the world that seems so dark and gloomy and a world where it feels like you're trapped and nothing is possible. Um, so, so yeah, let's all try to pursue that. Um, all right, guys, I think that's it for the week. Um, we'll get back at you next week. Like I said, on episode 150, um, my buddy Paul, who's working on this project with me, will sit down and talk all about it. We'll tell you how you guys can support it, things like that. Um, it's going to be super fun way outside my comfort zone um so i've been trying to embrace all of what i just talked about um to 
you know, varying degrees of success. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, anyways, we'll get back at you next week.